Welcome to Craft Life, episode 14. Don't patronize me. Well, maybe. In this episode, we'll talk a little bit about patronage in the arts. I will solicit your help for a worthy cause. We'll see if we can convince Adam to straighten up and fly right. And I'll try to balance out my self-indulgence from last week. All this coming up in this episode of Craft Life, the podcast all about living the creative life. Hello and welcome to episode 14. Yes, we are talking about patronage in the arts today, and as I promised from last week, it'll be fun. I'd like to say hello and welcome to all of my returning listeners. Bravo for you for making it to episode 14, and thank you for sticking around. And if you are a brand new listener, I would like to welcome you to the Craft Life Podcast, and I hope you enjoy and come back for more. Well, the temperatures here in Texas, they've started to drop, at least in the mornings. We actually had a day this week that did not get out of the 90s, which is good considering the last few months that we've had here. The mornings have been cool, the evenings have been even cooler, and I've left the house in in jackets, which I'm so, so excited about doing. Fall is in the air. I have switched my background on my desktop on my computer to a lovely little picture of pumpkins that I took a few years ago in the mountains of North Carolina. And I am I'm burning the pumpkin smelling candles and and I'm 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 just I'm ready. Autumn is my favorite season of the year, and as of this past Friday, it is here officially. So I'm ready for it to start showing its true colors here in Texas. But enough about my weather here in the hot, hot south. Let's get on with the rest of the show. I have been a musician and all-around creative type for most of my life, so much so that I devoted a large portion of my college years to pursuing a degree in piano performance. Now, I am a realist, so that pursuance of a musical degree was also partnered with classes in the business degree track, and in my senior year, I made what I felt at the time to be the wise decision, dropped the piano performance major altogether, and walked away from the graduation ceremonies with a lovely piece of paper that read BS Business, which is a phrase in itself rife with punny possibilities and humor and on which I could expound for hours, but that, that is for another podcast. My roommate during these golden days, whom you may have read me refer to in previous blog posts as The Marvelous Maven, was also a musician with creative sensibilities. I cannot count the number of conversations we spent lamenting the difficulties of finding stable employment in arts-related jobs. These gripes were not intended to find solutions to these problems, but were more for the purpose of allowing us to vent. And they were usually in the form of why questions. Why are there so few jobs for artists and musicians? Why are the arts and creative pursuits so undervalued? Why is it that oftentimes actual talent seems to be less important than physical appearance in the popular arts scene? 
And sometimes these questions were followed with one of us saying, wouldn't it be nice if there was still a patronage system like back in the old days where we could be employed to just pursue our creative interests? Hmm, would it be nice? Wikipedia, that omniscient internet presence, defines patronage as the support, encouragement, privilege, or financial aid that an organization or individual bestows to another. Probably the most well-known era for patronage in the arts is during the medieval and renaissance times in Europe. With that said, it was not limited to Europe and tended to show up wherever there was a royal system and an aristocracy which dominated the society and controlled the majority of resources. This aristocracy is one of the places from which a patron might emerge. The other place was the church. These patrons might support the artists by sponsoring them, sometimes by paying them an annual stipend or by commissioning specific works. This patronage system benefited not only artists and musicians, but also writers, like William Shakespeare, philosophers, scientists, and astronomers, like Galileo. Ludwig von Beethoven, the prolific performer, conductor, and composer, was very much involved in this system of arts patronage. In return for their support, Beethoven's patrons might receive private performances, or copies of works that they had commissioned for a limited time before they were actually published. The most important patron of Beethoven was the youngest son of Emperor Leopold II, Archduke Randolph. These two gentlemen had a relationship that spanned 20 years, and it is said that they were good friends right up until Beethoven's death. Such good friends that Beethoven dedicated 14 of his compositions to Randolph. I have no doubt of their friendship, but I can't help but think that Beethoven probably felt at least a little beholden to his patron. Another well-known beneficiary of the patronage system is that artist, architect, and all-around savant, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci was in the right place at the right time as far as art's patronage is concerned. Florence, Italy, during the time of the Medici dynasty. The Medici family dynasty spanned around 400 years, beginning in the 1400s. Their most substantial legacy comes out of their sponsorship of art and architecture. Not only did Leonardo benefit from their patronage, but so did Donatello, Michelangelo, and Raphael. That's right, all four of the Ninja Turtles. But seriously, the majority of Florentine art that came about during the time of the Medici reign can be attributed directly to them. So let me step back into that time and try to imagine what it would be like to work as an artist or musician under this system of patronage. If I can make the rounds and convince enough people that I am worth the money, perhaps I can score some commissioned pieces. Of course, they would likely come with some sort of instruction or influence from my commissioners as to the form, style, and tone of the piece. If I am lucky enough to be adopted by a wealthy patron who gives me a yearly stipend, that would make me oh so happy. I wouldn't have to worry about what I was going to eat or if I would have a roof over my head. But certainly, since that patron is directly responsible for my livelihood and can take it away at any time, I'd probably better make sure that the things I'm creating are things my patron will find pleasing. But this is all speculation. The arts patronage system of yesterday is mostly gone, or at least not represented in the same way. 
Today, instead of one wealthy person paying a lot of money sponsoring an artist, it's thousands or millions of average Joes paying just a little bit each. Every time we go to the movies, see a play, go to a concert, we are each pitching in a small piece of the whole pie. We have all, in essence, become the patrons, and the artists who make their living in this way do not have to worry about making one of us unhappy and thereby losing their livelihood. Yes, they do need to keep most of us happy, but they probably have more freedom to create things that their patrons may or may not be big fans of than their predecessors. So I guess that it's not that the arts patronage system is gone. It's just changed. I'm not going to say that one system is better than the other. They both each have their positive and negative points. And under either system, it's still not easy to make a living as an artist. If the Marvelous Maven were to come to me today and say, oh, wouldn't it be nice if there was still a patronage system like back in the old days where we could be employed to pursue our creative interests? I'd have to answer, maybe. So I have a few more thoughts um, kind of around the idea of arts patronage and and what it means to be a working artist. There are, I'm, I know most of you out there have the same feeling that I do that, you know, you find that creative thing that you love to do, that you would just do it. You don't need to be paid to do it. You would just do it. I find this with music, with acting, with I mean, with podcasting, with knitting, with everything. I, I do it because I enjoy doing it. And I don't need to get paid to, to get enjoyment out of it. I have a blog post called, Hey, I've Got a What If. I wrote it back in 2010, early 2010. And it, it posits the idea of what if, what if all of the actors quit working for free? It's kind of a big question if you think about it. Um, I definitely got my start in acting working for free and most of the acting that I have done throughout my time as an actor has been for free because I just love doing it. So there are musicians and, and artists and creative people out there who, who are going to make music and make art whether or not they get paid and, and if they can do that, that is absolutely wonderful. But then I think about all of the art and architecture that came up during the, the time of the Medicis. And, and I wonder if they were not there to sponsor the artists and architects who, who were making these big, beautiful creations, would they have even come into existence? Because those, those people had to make a living somewhere. And in order for them to have the time to spend focusing on their art, they were not going to be able to spend time working a nine to five job to be able to put food on the table. So it is kind of a balance. So this whole idea really is is too big for one podcast. And no, I'm not going to split it up and cover it again in another podcast. But I would love to hear what you think about it. Please come on over to the blog and leave me a comment or on the Ravelry group thread for this episode. And just let me know your thoughts on the whole idea of, of patronage and getting paid for, for creative activities. Um, yeah, just, just tell me what you think. And now let's switch gears for a moment, just for a moment, 
and we'll go to something very different, and that is, it is October, which means Treacle and Ink is going pink. That's right. The Treacle and Ink Etsy shop is open for business. Everything listed in the Etsy shop during the month of October has a little bit of pink in it. And everything that is being sold is being the proceeds for everything that is being sold is being donated to Susan G. Komen for the cure. So head on over to the Treacle and Ink Etsy shop. Uh, there is a little pink button over on the right-hand side of the blog where you can find the show notes for this episode and the show notes for all of the other episodes. You can click on that. It will take you directly to the Treacle and Ink Etsy shop. And I encourage you to have a browse around. There are a few items that are still not listed yet. I'm telling you people, it takes a long time to list these items. Oh, I was working on this all weekend and I still don't have everything up, but it is coming, I promise you. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize right now to all of my friends who are overseas. Shipping is insane. It is crazy. So I'm just going to say that now, but please go over there and have a look. If you see something you like, put it in your Etsy cart and buy it. Yes, buy it because the funds from that are going to be 100% donated to Susan G. Komen for the cure. So hopefully I can turn some of my stuff into some cash to help find a cure for breast cancer because that is what this is all about. And I will also, in case you missed the big pink button on the right-hand side of the blog, I will also have a link to it in the show notes as well. Being have. Verb. Definition. To conduct or comport oneself in a proper manner. Usage. Example. Kids, when our guests arrive, make sure you're being Have. Hey, Adam. What's up? How are you doing? Good. It's been a long time since you've been on the podcast. Nah. <laughs> We've had some people ask about you, kind of wondering where have you been since episode 10. We haven't had you on since episode 10. Hiding in my man cave. Hiding in your man cave. You have mm -hmm. been a busy... A busy guy. Right. You're doing a lot of work. And let's be honest, what's the real thing that's been keeping you away from the podcast? Go ahead. You can tell everybody. Football. Football? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is football season here in the United States. That means Adam's favorite team, the San Francisco 49ers, is playing every Sunday or sometimes on Mondays. But not only are they playing, everybody else in the NFL is playing Adam has purchased the NFL Sunday ticket with DirecTV, which means he gets to watch every single game. It was free. It was not free. It was free. They're giving it away for free this year. No, they're not. Yeah, they were. No, they're not. Yes, they were. No. Yes. No. They didn't just say, happy birthday, Adam. Here is a free NFL Sunday ticket. Yeah, they did that with everybody. <laughs> they're trying to get customers. Adam, you have not been being have. Being have. You've not been being have. What do you mean by being have? You're making up stories. You're not being have. Why would I being have? Because because you're on the podcast. You need to behave. All right, I can behave. Okay, I, but there's no such thing as being have. Well, 
when I was growing up, that was what we said. We said, being have. If mom and dad said, hey, are you being have? <laughs> we would say, yes, we're being have. And it was not just my family. It was also uh, members of my church and people in my hometown. Now, I have researched the etymology of being have, and I got nothing. I do. I have something to say. What? That's just weird. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So being cave, um, I, I, ha I have nothing for you in terms of the history or where it came from. It's just one of those southernisms. We take behave, we switch it around, and it becomes two words, being cave. And that's what you do when you do what you should do. Nice. Nice. I guess I'll have to behave. I think you need to be being cave. Being cave, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Adam. I'm pretty sure everybody's going to be glad to hear your voice, and I hope you'll be back episodes after this yes unless football's on okay because we'll i'm not being hate yeah we'll try to schedule between football thank you i do have a brief editorial on the southernism for episode 13 if you remember i interviewed my sister stephanie who has created some very unique artwork for the Treacle Ending Etsy shop. And I asked her what was her favorite Southernism, and she gave me two, one of which was, bless your soul, as she said. And, of course, another way that we say that is, bless your heart. Bless her heart. And we discussed how it was kind of a way to perhaps make a criticism about someone, but you follow it with bless your heart, and it sounds more like, Oh, I feel sorry for this person. If I were to say to you, Oh, look at the green sweater that that man over there is wearing. Bless his heart. You would know that I don't really care for that green sweater that he's wearing. And that is true. However, I did want to clarify that bless your heart is also used in a positive way. You can say bless her heart and really mean it. So there you go. Bless your heart could be negative, could be positive. It's all in the way that you say it. The knitting and crafting front has not been terribly active over the past two weeks. I've spent most of my time doing last minute things, trying to pull things together to get the fundraiser going by October the 1st, but I have done a little bit. As I mentioned in episode 13, I'm trying to make up for lost time with my preemie hat knitting. I kind of slacked off on that a little bit during the month of August, and these past two weeks, I have finished two, so I'm averaging about one a week. I've dedicated my break knitting time at work to doing my preemie hats, so my preemie hats are my work knitting, and if you follow me on Twitter, you did get a Twitter pic of one of those. It's a pumpkin in grass. I did a little stranded knitting around the bottom of the hat. It's a rolled brim in green. And I kind of did a little little blades of grass design up the front around the bottom edge. And, of course, a little green pumpkin top and stem because, because you have to. With a pumpkin hat, you have to put a green top and a stem on. The other one um, was not quite a rolled brim. I kind of tried to do a ribbed pattern. It was nine knit stitch to one purl stitch rib. And so, unfortunately, since the, since the purl rib was only one stitch wide it's not really defined unless the hat is on 
Thankfully, this snowball mic that I am podcasting into right now is a great little model for those preemie hats. It's probably a little bit larger than an actual preemie baby noggin, but it does a pretty good job of modeling those hats for me. The other thing I've been working on is still the Holden Chalette. I probably have about 11 rows left on that Holden shawl. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. This shawl is knitting up larger than the Ishbel, so it's taking me a little bit longer to complete, but I'm kind of just taking it easy and picking it up and working on it just whenever I feel like it. So it is my only other thing on the needles at the moment, other than the preemie hats. So it is getting my non-work knitting time attention. Anytime I'm knitting at home, that's what I'm knitting on. But it does require a little bit of focus. I can't just kind of ignore it and watch TV. I, I did already have to tink back three quarters of a row once. And shame on me, I'm still not using a lifeline. I know I need to. And I just, these last 10 or 11 rows, I'm, you know, the tension builds as I approach the end because... I just feel like I'm due. <laughs> I am due a drop stitch for me not putting in a lifeline. But we'll see. I'll keep you updated on how that goes. And hopefully by the next episode, I will have finished it and blocked it and have pictures to post on Ravelry. Because I am slowly but surely getting those pictures posted onto my project page. If you haven't had a chance to stop by there, um, this week I think I posted... Oh, I posted... The 4x4 rib shawl, which is also up in the treacle ending Etsy shop. And I also posted a picture of the Tangled Branches hat. So you can see both of those if you go check out my project page. And that is about all that I have been crafting on over the past two weeks. So I mentioned in the beginning of the show that, that I was going to try to make up a little bit for the self-indulgence of the last episode. And I'm talking about... The want, want, want. You know, it doesn't matter how much you have. You just want, want, want more. And, you know, it's okay to kind of wallow in that for a little bit. But you don't need to stay there. It's better to just be happy with what you have. Take joy in where you are in life. If you can get somewhere else, okay, go for it. But if you can't, just be happy and be contented where you are. And with knitting, it's so easy. Yes, knitting can be a very expensive expensive hobby to have, but it doesn't have to be. So don't worry about maybe not having the best yarn in the world. If you have yarn and you have two sticks, you can knit. So I encourage you to get out there, no matter what your stash looks like, no matter what your tools look like, if you have two sticks and some string, you can knit. So get out there and just knit happy. <laughs> Don't worry, knit happy, 
If you would like to get in touch with me, you can email treacleandink at hotmail.com. You can find show notes for this episode and all of the other episodes on the blog at treacleandinketsy.wordpress.com. You can find me on Ravelry and Facebook as Treacle and Ink. And while you're on Ravelry, come and join the chat in the Craft Life group. On Twitter, I'm Craft Life. Join me in the next episode when we'll discuss limiting your creativity. Yes, it can be a good thing. Until then, thanks so much and have a great week. Thank you.